I'm going to have you take your Bible and turn to two places, one in the Old Testament, and that's the very first book, Genesis chapter number 5. Genesis chapter number 5. And then I want you to turn in the New Testament to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number 11. Genesis chapter number 5 and Hebrews chapter number 11. We know that this world that we live in is an increasingly ungodly world. We should not be surprised at that. The Apostle Paul prophesied that it was going to be that way. In fact, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, he told, told the young preacher Timothy, he said that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he said the Holy Spirit is one that told him that. It is, he speaketh expressly that those things were going to take place. And uh, in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, in verse number 1, uh, Paul also said that this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then with the next six verses, he described those perilous times which look a lot like the days that we live in today. And there, there's no accident in that. Uh, we, he describes the actions and the attitudes that prevail in the, the end times. And he hit it Johnny on the spot. I mean, he knew exactly what he was talking about. And then in 2 Timothy 3, verse 13 and 14, Paul said that we could expect that evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But he told Timothy, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. How evil this world is becomes should not affect how we live as believers. The Lord still expects us to do right, to live right and to do right. Now, this is not the first time that the world has increased in ungodliness. In fact, we're going to take a look in the time leading up to the worldwide flood here in Genesis chapter number 5. These are the days before the flood. And uh, it was a time that was increasingly wicked. And it did not end well for for all but eight souls, we know that Noah and his family uh, got out. Uh, the Lord uh, had him pro- to, to build an ark, and the Lord provided safety within the ark for he and his family. Now, Scripture shows us uh, uh, here in, in our chapter a man by the name of Enoch who refused to walk in the ways of the world, but chose rather to walk with God. And I believe by looking at Enoch, we can see some principles that might help us live godly and be a godly influence in these last days. Now, if these principles are found in our lives, then we can be godly and become a godly influence on our families, in our churches, and everywhere else we go in this world. And this world could surely use us being a light in the darkness of this age. Amen. Let's read our scripture, Genesis chapter 5. Just want to read verses 21 through 24 here, talking about Enoch. And it says that in verse number 21, And Enoch uh, lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Uh, And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Uh, Let's look at Hebrews. 
and chapter number 11, and we see him, him mentioned in the Hall of Faith chapter here in verse number 5 and verse number 6. Hebrews 11, verse number 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. Look at this testimony. That he pleased God. Isn't that what you long for in your life, to have that kind of testimony? Well, where does it come from? Well, verse 6 tells us. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, Enoch was a man of faith. So, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the answer to being godly in an ungodly world is this. Walk with God. Amen? We need to walk with God. That is what the Bible says that Enoch did. He walked with God. Now Enoch lived, we know, in an increasingly ungodly world. There in the next chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5, we see uh, there right before the Lord judged how wicked it got. It says in verse number 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You know, uh, it makes you wonder sometimes as you watch the news if that is not reoccurring again in our day and time. It's like, where in the world did that come from? You know, you see somebody that had a life that they were living it seemed to, to be a, a, maybe a fairly good life and then all of a sudden uh, something happens there and uh, they do things that are unseemly uh, things that come out of the heart, though. Now, Enoch lived in an increasingly ungodly world, and we know that uh, Noah was Enoch's great-grandson. Okay? Noah was Enoch's great-grandson, and, and Jesus even gives us commentary on Noah's day. In Matthew 24, verse 37 through 39, says, But as the, uh, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be, for as it was in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The society that Enoch lived in was an increasingly pleasure-oriented society, pleasure-seeking society, and self-gratifying generation. We're living in a time where people are looking to consume things upon their lust. Uh, the folks in Enoch's day had no thought of coming judgment. Those who were supposed to be godly were marrying the ungodly around them. And the result was the destruction of the home. It sounds a lot like this present generation. Now I'm sure that there were those in Enoch's day that had the attitude that prevails in our day. You ever heard the attitude, well let's just live and let live. You ever heard that? Live and let live. You know what they're saying? They're saying, you live your life the way you see fit and you leave me alone and I'll live my life the way I see fit and we'll both be okay. Except God is not into us living the life that we want to live. He's into us living his life. And it went against the grain and preached against evil. Jude 14 and 15, I didn't have you turn there, but it also mentions Enoch. 
I'm going to read the verses to you. The little book of Jude right there before the book of Revelation. Verse 14 and 15 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and uh, of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You get the idea that the key word there is ungodly? He didn't cut any corners when he preached. He preached against the wickedness going on around him. Enoch was probably labeled in his time as being intolerant uh, uh, to suggest such a thing that there was even a, uh, even anything like an absolute standard. Do you know the, the, the world says there are no absolute standards, but nevertheless the Word of God stands as the absolute standard. Uh, and uh, all, you know, who has the right to call what is right right and what's wrong wrong? Nobody but God. Yeah, he's, he's the one. Enoch lived in an increasingly ungodly world, yet he walked with God. I like that. The Bible doesn't say that it was easy for Enoch to walk with God. In fact, I, I don't think it was easy at all. But nevertheless, he walked with God. Listen, it's never been easy and never will be easy to walk with God, especially when surrounded by ungodliness. You know? uh, nevertheless, Enoch chose to walk with God Walking with God is a choice. It's a choice we make. We choose that we're going to walk God's way. Though we live in an increasingly ungodly world, we, we too can choose to walk with God even in the midst of this wicked and perverse generation that we live in. And, and we need to understand that God has provided us as believers all... <laughs> He's provided exactly what we need to walk with Him. In fact, he, he says through uh, Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 1, 3, Peter says, according as His divine power, God's divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. The Lord's called us to walk with Him. And He's given us uh, what we need in order to do so. Uh, if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, you need God in your life. You, you, you need Jesus to come in and save you and need you to put that, His Holy Spirit within that will give you the ability to walk with God. So, what does it mean to walk with God? I want to give you five things this morning that I see in the Scriptures here regarding Noah's walk with God. Number one, walking with God means to walk in God's direction. When you're walking with somebody, you're going in the same direction, aren't you? You know, you can't walk with somebody and be going in the opposite direction. It's just, that, that just don't make sense. And Genesis 5 and verse 22 there, it says, And Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. Now, we've got to realize that God's direction is diametrically opposed to our flesh or our natural being. Look at Isaiah chapter number 55. Just hold your place there in Genesis. We'll be back there soon. Uh, gen- look, but I want you to see these verses in Genesis 5 and, I mean, excuse me, in Isaiah, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verse number 6. Isaiah 55 and verse number 6. And we're going to take a look at uh, verses 6 through 9 here. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. 
Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So he tells the wicked here, you forsake your way and return to the Lord, and he'll have mercy on you. If you will come to God, God will abundantly pardon you. So in order to walk in God's direction, we've got to turn from our direction for our life and walk in God's direction for our life. That is a thing that is called repentance. If you ever wondered what repentance is, it's turning from the way you're going and turning back toward God. And we see that uh, Enoch was born into sin just as we all are. We know that the Bible is very clear for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter number 3 verse 23, every one of us falls short of God's glory. Uh, From all indications, he lived a a sinful, wicked, ungodly life like everybody around him for the first 65 years of his life. Uh, look at look at the the, the uh, verse there, verse twenty one again. Enoch lived sixty and five years, and then something happened in his life. He said, "And beget Methuselah." You know, uh, having children can be a life changing thing, can it? Yeah, it can make you think about the way that you're living. I think that's what happened with Enoch, and it says, "And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah." 300 years and begat sons and daughters. I think he was concerned about uh, his life uh, there that he was living and, and realized that, hey, i got somebody that I'm responsible for now. Uh, and Methuselah came into his life. You know, that, that is, sometimes the Lord puts things in our life that changes us, uh, it changes our life, something that happens that causes us to repent and go in God's direction. And for Enoch, that was when his son Methuselah was born. After the birth of his first son, he evidently turned his life over to God and began to go in God's direction. And you know, sometimes it can be that way. And I uh, praise God that it happened that way in Enoch's life. Sometimes God brings something in our lives just for that purpose. And a baby is something that certainly can change one's life. I remember when my uh, firstborn was born. And I remember when the, baby, when the doctor... Uh, place charity in my hands thinking what hath God wrought <laughs> you know uh, this is a soul that I'm responsible for and I can tell you I paid more closer attention and not that I hadn't paid co- close attention before that time but I was paying closer attention to my life for the benefit of my daughter and the rest of my family so for we see for the next 300 years Enoch walked in God's direction now, let me ask what direction are you walking in your life today? There, there needs to be a time in your life where you turn from going away from God and you turn to God and go with God in His direction. To walk with God, you must first be born again. Amen? And that means they be born, give you a spiritual birth. That's what, if you ever wonder what being born again is about, it means uh, when you were born the first time, you were born with a physical life, but you weren't born with spiritual life. You were born spiritually dead. And in order for you to, to have God's life, you need to be born again. That comes from believing on what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Calvary. He died for our sins that we might have life. And he, he arose again the third day uh, 
took that resurrection life up out of the grave, and that's the life that he gives to us. It's that resurrection life that we don't, uh, we know that we're going to have eternal life, amen, and when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, it, it, it takes being born again, being born of the Spirit, as, as Jesus described it. What does walking by faith mean? You know, uh, here we're, uh, we're going to, well, I want you to see the second thing here. Walking with God means to walk in God's direction, but walking with God, secondly, means to walk by faith. Walk by faith. And that's exactly what Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6 says about Enoch. It says, Enoch, uh, for before his translation, uh, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How was he able to please God? Because he walked by faith. There's no way, other way to please God other than walk by faith. Uh, what does walking by faith mean? Uh, well, let me give you a few things about this. Walking by faith is different than walking by sight. You know, as we walk in this world, we, we usually go by the things that we see. In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that for believers that, that we're not to walk by sight, so we, we for we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, what does that mean? Hebrews eleven says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." Do we have any evidence of some things that we cannot see this morning? I, none of us can see God. You can't see with your eyes. Uh, none of us. Uh, can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, they were those that saw him whenever he lived, and we have their testimony uh, that they, but we have not seen Jesus. I've had people tell me before, well, I saw Jesus in a dream last night. Now, you know you didn't. You saw, you saw what you might have thought was Jesus or something in that dream told you that they were Jesus, but you don't know what Jesus looks like any more than I do. And so what about all the pictures that they have of Jesus around? That was some man's idea about what he thought Jesus would look like. There were no cameras back then. There were no artists drawing uh, uh, faces of Jesus uh, back then. I understand we don't know what Jesus looks like, but there were some that, that saw him. And those of us that uh, have the Holy Spirit of God living within, we've never seen the Holy Spirit but we've sensed his presence in our life since we got saved, amen. You know, we have the testimony of the word of God. We have the testimony of history. We have the testimony of the Holy Spirit living within. We have the testimony of God's creation. We have the testimony of our conscience. There's plenty of evidence that God exists. There's plenty of evidence that exists that the Lord Jesus Christ was who he said he was. He said he was the very son of God. He's God in the flesh. And there's proof of that. But, you know, uh, we have to live by faith. We who are saved are not to walk by sight, but rather we are to walk by faith. Enoch walked by faith, not by sight. So let me ask, how are you walking in your life? Now, the world may say, well, how do you, how do you walk by faith anyway? And, you know, that, that just don't even make sense. The world may even call what we do blind faith. It's not blind faith. We see evidence, amen? We see the evidence, and, and we believe based upon the evidence. We see the evidence of things not seen and, and walk in God's direction and, and continue walking in His direction by faith. Walking by faith is different than walking by sight. Walking by faith is walking in confidence. 
Walking by faith is walking in confidence. Confident that God's word is reliable. I can guarantee you that every prophecy in this book, the ones that have not come true yet, they will come true. They will come to pass. There's many prophecies that have been fulfilled already, and there's some that are yet to come that will be fulfilled. We can be confident that God's word is reliable and that the God of the word is reliable and trustworthy. He will do what he says he will do. He said, how do I know he'll save me? He said he would. And God just does not lie. I mean, he he's not in the business of deceiving like the devil is. But he will give you the truth. Walking by faith means we walk forward in God's direction as outlined in his word with total dependence and confidence in him. Now, we don't have to see around the bends in the road because God knows what's around the bend in the road. I can tell you, from personal experience, uh, if if I had God had showed me around the bend uh, what it was going to be like being in the ministry back that time, I would never have gotten the ministry. I'm glad that He called me, put me in the ministry, and I wouldn't change my direction right now. Uh, I can tell you, but it, if He showed me some of the things I would go through, there's some scary things that are there. Amen. And, but listen, God doesn't show us around. The bend. He shows us what we need to know to walk with Him today. Walking by faith is different than walking by sight. Walking by faith is walking in confidence in Him. Uh, thirdly, walking by faith is taking God at His word. It's believing God. Look there. Uh, you're in Hebrews 11. Hopefully still. Uh, look there at verse number 7 talking about Noah. Uh, his, his, his great grandson says, by, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Uh, Noah lived by faith. God said, a flood's coming. I'm going to destroy the whole world. And here's, here's the directions of how you need to build an ark to save you and your family. Well, did he believe God? He most certainly did. He built the ark. He got his family on board along with uh, uh, the, the animals that God told him to put on there. He believed God and you could tell he believed God by his actions. And see, our actions show whether we believe God or not. So walking with God means to walk in God's direction, number one. Walking with God means to walk by faith, number two. Uh, and then number three, walking with God means to share God's companionship. It means to share God's companionship. Uh, there in our text in Genesis chapter number 5, it says that uh, before Enoch just walked, he lived. You know, Enoch lived 65 years. Uh, but he was living, but he wasn't really living. Okay? He, was, he was living, but he wasn't maybe with his physical life, but spiritually he was dead. But he walked with God in verse 22 after he begat Methuselah. God came in his heart and life and changed him. You know, walk is a biblical expression for fellowship with the Lord by obedience uh, to him. Walking with God means com communion and, and fellowship with God. Um, the moment one starts walking with God is the moment when one truly begins to live. You say, well, I'm living right now, Brother Jerry. I'm living this morning, uh, but uh, I'm not saved. Well, you're living physically if you're not saved. But you're not living 
spiritually. You're not truly alive. You're one heartbeat away from being separated from God forever and ever. One heartbeat away. In order to truly live, you've got to be one heartbeat away from being with the Lord in eternity. Amen. That's where I'm at this morning. I hope that's where you're at too. Enoch was a walker and and a talker with God. You see, this godly father was a man of the word and man of prayer. He, he had that still small voice of God speaking to him. Listen, when you walk with someone, there's usually two-way communication going on, right? Me and my wife take walks uh, here in the community trying to keep our health up, you know. As we advance in age, it's important to do that. And that, we like to walk together. Uh, and when we walk together, we talk. You know, she talks to me and I talk to her. We walk and we talk. Well, you know, when we walk with God, walking with God implies a two-way communication. And, and we are to walk with God. That includes both listening to Him and talking with Him in our walk with Him. Now, this one that we walk with is our God. In fact, uh, uh, God has given us His Holy Spirit Think of the Holy Spirit as being a kind of an onboard guide. You know, some of you got your smartphones, and we don't know where you're going. You'll pull up the, the maps there and tell it where you want to go, and it'll give you the directions of how to get there. You know, it's a it's a it's a guide, and they, you can have, even have them talking to you while you're driving, telling you which turn to make and all that kind of stuff. Well, listen, God's a, God's much more than that. Um, he He gives us. Uh, he's an onboard guide to, to help us in uh, our way. The Bible is our map as well as the light that lights our path. Now, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, The Lord is a, the, the, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you walking with God? Some may say, well, I'm just too busy. There's not, just not enough time. You know, in it with Busy too, I guarantee you. I mean, when you got a child, that means you got a wife. It means you got probably got. He probably had some other family there as well, and he he had a family to take care of. But he took time to walk with God. Take time to walk with God. We have we have more labor saving devices at our disposal than any other generation in history. Yet we seem to have less time than any other generation. You know why? Because we don't take time. To make time. We need to take time to make time with the Lord. The closer we walk with God, the less room there is for anything to come between us and Him. That's why Jesus' half-brother James said in James 4, 8, Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Now, I'm not going to give physical illustration, but if I brought one of you up here, and I draw real close to you. And you draw real close to me. That's the picture there. Amen. We're drawn out to God and God will draw out to us and nothing will be able to get between us and Him. So walking with God means to walk in God's direction, to walk by faith and to share God's companionship. Number four, walking with God means to bear a strong witness. And those verses I read in Jude 14 and 15 a while ago show a pretty strong witness. Amen. He wasn't afraid to preach the truth. We only have part of one of Enoch's messages that he preached. And in just those two verses, we see that Enoch preached hard against sin. 
In fact, his message condemned sin. Not only did he preach with his lips, but he preached with his life. His walk was a witness to the fact that there is a God who has a standard of righteousness. And he, he left a powerful influence behind. He left a legacy. And my, what a legacy that he left. And his great-grandson walked with God also. Amen. Noah walked with God. Uh, we know that uh, Enoch did not live like others. And therefore, he did not die like others. He, as people observe our life, what do they come to know of God? Do they see anything of God in our life? What impression do we give others about God? Are we leaving behind in our tracks a good testimony to who God is? The last thing I want us to deal with here this morning is walking with God means we arrive at God's destination in God's timing. Are you headed for God's destination for your life? I'm talking about a good destination, a godly destination. Genesis 5 and verse number 24 uh, it says here, that uh, uh, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Uh, in chapter number 11 of Hebrews in verse number 5, it says that he was not found. Okay, Hebrews 11 verse number 5, that he, had, he, he had translated, they should not see death, he was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So, a couple words there. Uh, he was not found. That phrase there comes from a word that means he was no more. He was seen no more. He disappeared. Well, what happened to him? He vanished. Well, the word translated means that he was transferred or transported. God transferred him. God's the one that transported him to be with him in heaven. God, Enoch was removed from earth by God. Enoch's removal is a type of what God's going to do one day on a larger scale. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want us to see a, a few verses here. Uh, it talks about uh, the time that's going to be here before long, before we know it. Uh, the Lord's coming back. Amen. He is. And there's going to be uh, a, a, a removal from this earth like uh, has never been seen uh, except maybe in Enoch's day when he was removed. But this is going to be a whole lot more than just Enoch. You know, just a whole lot more than one person. First Corinthians 15, verse number 50. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Talking about, he's talking about going to the grave. Talking about dying, going to the grave. But we, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, talking about the victory over death, hell, and the grave there, 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only, only way we can have victory. And then he talks to the brethren here in verse 58 and says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, walk with God. Amen. Walk with the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, death is a river that divides this world and the world to come. Uh, here we have a man that didn't go through the river. He, he, he didn't die. Uh, even though we may, uh, uh, for those of us that have been born of God, uh, the, the sting of death has been taken away. Uh, even though we may physically die, death has lost its sting for us and the grave has lost its victory. For believers, there's never a moment we're without Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord according to uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 9. When we walk with God, listen, we are assured that we will arrive at home with God on the day of His choosing and not a moment before. You know, you got a day you're going to leave earth. You don't know when that day is. We, uh, you know, we're not stamped with expiration date when we come. We're not. Um, you go out to the graveyard, you see all, all different sizes of graves. You know why? Because all ages of folks die. They do. And for the believer to be absent from the body, to, be, to, 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 to die and, and your, your spirit leave your body, that's to be present with the Lord. And I praise God, uh, you know, uh, for those that have left us and that uh, knew the Lord and walked with God, that, that's where they're at. They're there with Him. Let me ask you today, are you walking with God? The best way to describe it, I think, is like the little girl who came home from church and she told this story of her understanding of what happened to Enoch when her preacher preached on this same passage that I preached. She said, and I quote, it seems that every day God would come by Enoch's house and say, Enoch, would you like to walk with me? And Enoch would come out of the house and go down to the gate and down to the road with God he got to the place in his life where he enjoyed it so much, he'd, he'd wait at the gate every day. And he and God would go for a walk. And then one day, God came by and said, Enoch, let's take a long walk. I have much to tell you. And so they were walking, and finally, Enoch said, My, it's getting late in the afternoon. I better go get back home. And God said, Enoch, you're closer to my home than you are to your home, so why don't you come home with me? And so Enoch went home with God. I mean, he was... He left and went home with God. I can't put it any better than that. Are you walking with God? Or have you been going your own way? Listen, if you're going your own way, God is calling on you to repent today. And if you're walking down your own road today, this is also a picture. I want you to understand this is a picture of the rapture of the church. Before judgment of the flood came, God removed Enoch. Before the Lord pours out His wrath on this this earth in the tribulation period, God is going to remove His church. And the question is, are you ready for that? I trust that you are. If not, get ready today. Let's pray. Father.